Welcome back. It's been a while, but welcome back to the Loftcast, QPR's official podcast. I'm Ian Taylor from the QPR media team, and today I'm joined by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my esteemed media colleague Paul Morrissey. This week, we'll be looking back on our recent run of form, including that six-game losing streak, which has now turned into a two-match winning run. Big wins over Wolves and Ipswich have helped move us away from the relegation zone. And we'll be talking about that, the growing band of inductees into the Forever Ars Club, the potential for movement in the January transfer window. Plus, we'll be chatting exclusively to this man. Andy Sinton, Paul Morrissey, welcome back to the Loftcast. It's been a while um, since we've recorded, for one reason or another, Paul, but um, I think you're at the impression, and, and certainly having worked in the media department together for a, a number of years now, that... Less is sometimes more. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Sometimes you interview players and players are saying speech marks the right things about being frustrated and we've got to turn it around, etc. But the supporters, generally speaking, the reaction of the supporters is we don't want to hear about it, we want to see it. And so you almost... Less talk, more action. Precisely, and by asking players to do interviews at a time when things aren't going well and the fans are a little bit frustrated you're almost just setting them up for a fall because there's nothing they can really say that the fans overly want to hear at that moment in time they want to see it they don't want to hear about it so I think it's a case of really listening to the fans Mm. and giving the fans what they want and at the time with the results going as they were the fans didn't really want to hear from any players saying we're determined to turn it around they wanted to see it so yeah exactly I think it was a case of less is more I think we have to be careful and it's not just we produce a loft cast after we've picked Happy up back to back wins and everything's great. But having said that, I think it's four weeks since we've done the last one. We'd had a couple of defeats and then it turned into three, four, five, six defeats. And it was a case of, look, I think, you know, we need to just listen to the fans and leave it for the moment. Um, and hopefully we won't have a, a run like that again where we have a similar situation. And that's not to say we won't touch a, upon that six match um, losing streak. And uh, it's probably a good place to start, Andy, because. Um, you look at, at those defeats, Ipswich, Wolves, Rotherham, Derby, Villa, Brighton. It was a mixed bag of performances in there and we probably deserved to pick up certainly more than the zero points that we, we managed to get. But it was a really disappointing run of form, wasn't it? At a time when Ollie came in and we beat Norwich in his first game in charge and everybody was thinking, right, kick on. Yeah, it's been absolutely horrible, hasn't it? Let's face it, you know, whether you're a player, a fan, coach, media, you know, um, it's just been a horrible month. And I, for one, you know, after after Ollie came in, you know, and the euphoria with them coming back and that, you know, the atmosphere against Norwich, a, a reasonably sort of good performance, although some people will say, the cynics will say, he played against 10 men for 90 minutes, you know, uh, I thought it was a good performance to win that game. And I have to say, after going home on November the 19th, having beat Norwich, I didn't see six defeats coming in a row, that's for sure. And you look at the games, especially, I mean, the, the Ipswich game for certainly half an hour, we, we more than competed. Um, Wolves and Rotherham were, were disappointing, but Wolves, you look back, it was a red card early on to James Perch. Derby and Villa, I actually thought we competed well. If anything, I think we played better against Derby and Villa than we did here two days ago. Um, Brighton was disappointing, but you're playing a team that are flying high at the at the top of the league. How testing is it for a dressing room and for a new manager when you're coming into something and for one reason or another... It just hasn't worked out in in that immediate time frame. 
Well, it's huge. Uh, you know, I was trying to think myself, you know, uh, what would I be thinking? What would I be doing? Uh, put my manager's hat on. How would I go about it? And one thing with Ollie, you have to give him credit. He's remained, he's, he's by nature an incredibly positive person. But I've been at the training ground from afar a couple of times. And the mood at the training ground, you wouldn't have thought they would be losing games. I think you mentioned all the performances. There's been bits of every game where we've done quite well. Mm. But you're not going to take many points, certainly at the standard or the level that we're playing at, just by playing for 20 minutes here and there. You know, you, you've got to, you've got to put almost complete performances together. You've got to be solid at the back. I think we've been a little bit too easy to get at. Uh, obviously, we haven't scored enough goals, so yeah. there's a recipe for disaster straight away. You know, you're, uh, you're shipping goals, individual errors, which you can't cater for or plan for, um, and not being very creative at the other end. But uh, to be fair, they've they've kept going. Maybe in the last couple of games, sacrificed a couple of principles, which I think they needed to do and should have done. Um, and hopefully, you turn the corner, you get a little bit of luck, a little bit of the rub of the green, which we haven't had, and. Uh, you get the wins almost from nothing, certainly at Wolves, and that can just get you going again. And you talk about rubber the green, and certainly if you look back at November and December, the injury list, mm. we certainly weren't getting a rubber the green. And you, you speak to Ian and, and the players regularly, and I think every time we, we do a preview with Ian ahead of a game on a Friday or whether it's a midweek game, and you run through the injury list, and for, for weeks it almost seems to have just grown and grown and grown. But we're almost out the other side of that now. And it's no coincidence, perhaps, that results have improved. Yeah, and it's also notable that in the lead-up to the last couple of games, Ian Holloway decided anyone with a slight knock doesn't travel. You're not getting on that bus. I'm just having the players who are 100% fit. You stay where you are. Get, come back to me when you're fit. Because he, there were situations where he's playing players and then they were breaking down. And suddenly that's... Well, Andy Simpson know far better than I, but I'd imagine it throws your entire game plan out the window. You're doing an enforced substitution in the first half, potentially... And you've used up a sub and, you know, it's just so disruptive. And you look at the players that have been out. We're not talking about bench players. We're talking about starters. You've got James Perch, Joel Lynch, Ned Manua, obviously suspended, as was James Perch, Jack Robinson, uh, Burry Shook, Luongo, Cousins, Porter, Sherry, Silla. They're all potentially a strong argument for starters. That's well, 10 players, players there aren't the key personnel. That, have, that have been out over the last six weeks or so. so the only like, consistent has been the goalkeeper. Yeah. He's the only one who's really position-wise that's been fit. And I guess, again, it's no coincidence that he's been the standout player because if you can have that consistency mm. in your in your selection in and in the different thir thirds of the field, it makes a big difference. Yeah, of course it does. You need to be playing. I'm a great believer. Football's about partnerships. It's about little understandings with people. Full-back and winger. Two centre-halves, full-back, winger, goalkeeper with the same back sort of four. Mm. You know, look at all the big teams when they do this stupid squad rotation. Yeah. The good ones very rarely change their back four. Yeah. Yeah. That tells you something. So... Uh, um, but you know, you mentioned Alex. He's played every game. He's been outstanding. Um, you know, our standout player. Personally, I don't want my goalkeeper to get Player of the Year, but it's reassuring to know that you know um, he is there. He's made one mistake at Ipswich, uh, I believe. But you know, straight after he made it, he's his head hasn't gone down. He's actually he stopped that going go five or six. Mm. He was still our man of the match, yeah. despite yeah, so, the error. Uh, so one error. But you know, that was. I think that's something I've seen from sitting in the stand, sitting in the director's box, you know, where that's summed us up a little bit as a team. You know, that one bad mistake seems to knock the stuffing out of everyone. The goals change games, the manner of goals change games. But that's probably something Ian's looked at and I think he's highlighted a couple of times. That has to stop because, you know, at 2-0 ellipse, which there's still 30 minutes to play, anything can happen. Anything. They can make a mistake. A referee can do a, 
uh, a poor decision. Someone can score a worldie, and that can get you back in the game. So things going against us maybe shows leadership character people will always throw that up when you're on a bad run you know mm -hmm. oh, we haven't got enough of this we haven't got enough of that you know uh, it's more to do with confidence and anything and you can't put that in the bottle and drink it you know you've got to play your way through it and one comes off your backside you get a ricochet or you get a little bit of fortune like we did at Wolves and that can just that's a really strange game that can just get you going the ball into the edge of the box Silla lays it off Mackie fighting for it he's done really well to get away from Price gets the shot in it'll break here in the penalty area still going Zolek he's toe poked it in oh would you credit it Ian Holloway is celebrating dreadful defending for Wolves they never gave up on it QPR Mackie brilliant work to keep the move alive and then Zolek as it was going back towards the goalkeeper slid in got a toe poke on that and my word Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, Queen's Park Rangers 2. Are they about to end this losing sequence? Wow. How big a win was that, Andy? It was much needed. Um, it was scrappy. It was gritty. But how big a win was that? That was huge. Massive. And you know, you go on, on your bed. old stomping ground as well, eh? Yeah. Uh, I think I had to be contained in the director's box as well. <laughs> so, uh, jumping up and down, you know. So uh, that was just... I think it was relief more than anything. You know, when the players were applauding the fans at the end of the game, I actually felt a little bit... I wouldn't say emotional, but I look at those fans. You know, I did actually. I was yeah. watching it on a um, yeah. on a stream um, that yeah. a few of the club employees have got when we don't travel. Had to a big games. gulp sort of thing, you know. Yeah. You, you, you it felt like that. that didn't you're it? looking at those fans. They've gone through a horrendous month. So the players, by the way, but the fans they stick their hand in their pocket. They travel in their numbers, yeah. and just to get a win and no sort of circumstances. New Year's Eve as well. Yeah. I mean, it would have been so easy just to stay at home in London. Exactly. And, and not watch so it you've got to give them every credit. And as I say, I felt for them. Well, I actually said to, uh, I was sitting next to Andy Evans, I said, you know, wins for the fans today. Do you know who scares me when we celebrate wins? <laughs> Joel Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> He's massive. He and he clenches that that fist. He oh scares my God. me anyway, never mind when we win. Did you see him so. in the loft? On, we're, we're touching it, I'm sure. But in the, he ran 50 yards, didn't yeah. he, to celebrate the winner against Brilliant. Ipswich? And, and that cry. shows you what, what it means to the players, you know, because... Um, They've had a tough time. Been but that was a battling performance, wasn't it, at Wolves? Not very much so. And sometimes you've got to, uh, you've got to do them. I think I've, I've probably said on the pod, there'll be certain times in the season where you play unbelievably well. Yeah. Maybe two or three times. There'll be two times, three times in the season where you have absolutely shockers. Hopefully no more than that. It's those other 40-odd games, what you do with them. The nip and tuck games, you know. Can you turn tight games into wins? Can you get over the line when you're, you're not playing particularly well? Can you make your own little bit of luck? And we did that at Wolves, and you know, people might say it was smash and grab. Tell you what, give me a few more then. You were there, Paul, and um, you witnessed it from the from the media area. It was a game that was very nip and tuck, and when we took the lead, you just thought, right, see mm. out a good 10-minute spell, um, and then build from there. And I think it was eight minutes, wasn't it, between <laughs> yeah. Idrissa Silla scoring and then Dave Edwards scoring. They were carbon copy goals. It was really yeah. strange, actually. Um, but just looking at Silla's goal, and... Um, We've spoken to players since the game and they've said that shows real striker's instinct, doesn't it? To finish that, the ball's coming across him on his wrong foot, by the way, and it was a lovely finish. It, it was a great finish and also it's not like he's... There are some strikers who need perhaps three, four, five to F chances to get their eye mm. in. Silla, thankfully, yeah. doesn't need that because he's, he seems to be absolutely lethal. When the opportunity comes, more often than not, he, he does take it and you can just see him growing in confidence as well. But for me, when Dave Edwards got the equaliser, and so soon, and I've got to say the Wolves fans are excellent as yeah. well, making a right racket. What do you think? Give me a point. Just and take the thinking, point. And you're thinking, this Stop is going to be <laughs> a long half hour if we to hold out. What a point this would be. 
and it was a little bit wave after wave. But having said that, Smithies wasn't having to. He make... made more saves, I think, in the first half than he did the second. Yeah, yeah. He, he was well protected by by everyone Grant in front Ford of him. And Lynch, especially. Yeah, no, he did ever so well. But uh, as you say, scrappy, but we take it. Jamie Mackey was involved. Um, he started that game, didn't he? And we'll catch up with Jamie later on the on the Loftcast. He epitomised everything about that performance in the closing stage and everything about that final goal just sums up Jamie Mackey mm. for me. He won the ball back when probably... It, it wasn't his to win, was no, it? No, 21 of the 22 players on the pitch at that time probably wouldn't have even tried to win the ball back. He wins it back and then Pavel, by hook or by crook, gets himself into a <laughs> position and then... I mean, you've scored some wonder goals in your time. Have you ever seen a scrappier goal than that? <laughs> I've scored a couple, actually. <laughs> but that was a goal that, you know, people say it was a lucky goal. Sometimes in life, in sport, in football, you make your own luck. Mm. And, you know, perseverance. Jamie Mackey, never give up. You've got your little break. Pavel sticks his toe out, it goes in. And, you know, we're all celebrating. But they're the type of moments, scrappy or not, a season can turn on. Ryan Manning played. He made his debut in that game. I think that came as a shock to everybody when they saw Ryan's name on the on the squad list, let alone yeah. in the in the starting eleven. But he took his opportunity with both hands. Yeah, he was he did incredibly well because, like you say, that was no one expected that. Suddenly he's gone straight, and it's not like he'd been in and around on the bench a few times. He's gone, you know, from the twenty threes as it is now, and suddenly he's straight in and straight into the starting lineup and on the back of we've had six straight defeats mm. we're playing Wolves away mm. and we really need to get something and you're playing in central midfield yeah. what a debut to make but his confidence and I think and it seems you get players who need to almost grow into games or grow into the environment that they're going to apply their trade at and other players who just excel in that environment they almost need that stage to take their game on to the next level and Ryan Manning seems to fit into the latter because he wanted the ball constantly and he was playing with incredible confidence yeah, for someone great. making his professional debut I was really impressed the first three or four minutes you know he, he was demanding diags, the ball he? he had a couple of diags which you know came off so you'd see him grow a little bit what yeah. I liked about him more than anything um, was his decision making there's times where you need to play to feet you can't always play to feet sometimes you've got to spin it up the sides of people and he did that probably as good as we've seen all season mm. uh, really really good delighted for him you know people are saying who is he where's he come from you know I've watched a few 23 games and I have to say this is not being critical he hasn't really been outstanding but I think there's a player who's forced his way into the manager's reckoning and the manager's team by what he's done in training mm. uh, so there's a lesson there because people say to me oh I don't get a chance and blah we well, get a chance every day you yeah. get a chance every day to impress a manager when yeah. you're on the training ground. And, and he's been here two years now, so it's not as if you know he hasn't had that chance to shine. He has, but mm. he's had to be patient. And it's great to see another one come through the, the production chain. All right, he was signed from Galway, but he was fairly young when he signed. But yeah. great to see another one come through. Yeah, he's 20 now. He signed two years ago uh, from Galway, Republic of Ireland under-19 international. And he's basically been a regular for the 21s, which is now the 23s. Last season... He made 18 appearances for the 21, scored a couple of goals. And this season, he's made 12 appearances so far for the 23s. And he's, he's scored once so far, but you wonder now how many more appearances he'll be making for the 23s because he's had back-to-back -back games um, under his belt, come through 90 minutes, obviously, in his debut and played for a good hour or so against Ipswich. And he does look like a player who belongs at that yeah, level. Done terrific, credit the manager, you know, whether it was forced on him or not. 
he's had the foresight, he's had the guts and a difficult... I play with a lot of managers. When you've lost five in a row, they'll go really safe and really... Almost self-preservation. Yeah, mm. Really caging, go with a tried and tested. Ollie's mm. just gone, you know what? You're going in. Yeah. I believe in you. Get yourself in there. Uh, you sink or swim. And by word, did he swim? Long ball forward. Zvolek's after it. Gets goal side of his man. Goes around the goalkeeper and scores for Rangers! With eight minutes to go! Pavel Zvolek receiving a long ball forward, taking it round Bielakowski and sticking it low into the unguarded goal. Just how big could that goal be for Queen's Park Rangers? Could it be two wins in a row under Ian Holloway for the first time? Rangers two, Ipswich one. Like London buses, you win one and then uh, another one comes along 24, 48 hours after the last one. Um, another brave team selection, wasn't it, Andy? He stuck with Ryan Manning and uh, he left the back four unchanged when the, when the skipper, Ned Manua, was back from his suspension. So I guess a, a certain amount of credit has to go to the manager again for the team selection. Very much so. You know, 48 hours after a, a, a game, no turnaround. Um, not just saying that I think he made the right call. That's my personal opinion. But, you know, um, you see a lot of managers, they, they throw this trot out about, you know, two games in 48 hours, a couple of players might need a rest. No, you just won a game. Just keep playing. Those players don't need a rest, don't want a rest. They just Especially when you've done it in such style at Wolves. Yep. With the last, last, last game, you, you, you know the the Lagon in that dressing room, they would have felt on cloud nine. I know that sounds a bit strange when they've lost six in a row, but that win it would have lifted them. They would have sat on the bus, really, really looking forward to the Ipswich game. So uh, no real reason to change it. Yeah, I'm sure Jamie Mackey, when we speak to him shortly, will will we'll reiterate that. Um, it was another battling performance, wasn't it? And Paul, having watched hundreds of games here over the years they're the kind of performances that this crowd at Loftus Road really embrace yeah they, and also with the, the nature of I think the Wolves win give everyone a bit of a G up and a bit of a lift and cool if we could pick up a home win now and it'd be back to back wins and six points and that would shift us right away from the relegation zone which we dipped our toe into while we were waiting for the game to kick off at Molyneux and it, it was very <laughs> it was not a nice feeling um, but yeah it was it was almost if you could script a game is how, how you'd want to win a game. It's obviously a lot more comfortable and easier on the heart if you're 3-0 up. But yep. to win it late on it just gives you that buzz that winning it more comfortably doesn't actually give you. But it, again, it went 1-1 and you're thinking, if we can take a point, four points from two, that's yeah. solid, that's good. That's yep. good progress. So a great ball as well from Neda Manua over the top. But what a touch, Andy. What, what, how difficult is that? He's coming over his shoulder. He's got the defender right on top of him. The keeper rushing out. That's great. Great bit of individual score. Great ball from Nedham to start with. You know, a, a positive ball. Because he tried one about five minutes earlier, he got, caught, it, and it got yeah. caught out. And yeah. I thought, well, he's brave yeah. to try it again. It was inch perfect. But great ball. Great run. Great awareness. You know, his first touch is incredible. Uh, and, you know, to have the force to see the keeper coming. I thought he'd it. gone too wide. Yeah, I did initially. <laughs> I did initially. But you see you go in the goal and... Uh, as I say, the place erupted, and uh, and he's not known as a goal scorer. I think he's ten in a hundred and five before joining QB. You know, he's only got two. We're not getting carried away before yeah. people start tweeting and say, "Oh, here we go! You're you're bigging somebody up again." It's three, is it? Okay, it's two in two, but three so far this season. But he showed a real, almost a striker's instinct, didn't he? There, yeah, he gets in there. You know, he's got against Redden early in the season. There's a, again a a ball over the top where he's took a great touch yeah. and a volley. Um, you know, if he can add that to his game, there's a player there. You know, I'll have people say, oh, he hasn't settled this, that and the other. 
I saw him, and it's only one half, but against Birmingham early in the season, he was unbelievably, I was on commentary, and kept giving him the ball, and he kept carrying it 20, 30 yards, going past people, putting cross after cross after cross, and that's what he's capable of doing, and you know, these goals will do him the world of good. Where can he improve, though? You're a winger, you've played at the highest level for club and country, where can he improve? What aspects of his game are there that we can still I think he needs to, to see? Be, well, he's fit, as I think, they did some testing a couple of weeks ago, and he came out, so he can, you know, he's fit, I think he's still coming to terms with the intensity. <laughs> no more so than two games in three days, you know, back about the physicality. But where can he improve? Little areas how to get the ball. His decision making went across. But you know what? He's he's a work in progress, as some of the players are, and he's going in the, the right direction. Let's get behind him, let's encourage him. And if he keeps getting the winner, he'll be a hero here. And what he, about sorry? He he doesn't shirk the physical side either, does he? Okay, he's got to get used to just how physical English football is. He almost seems to thrive on it. Yeah, and the perfect example is Wolves away. He's got no right to win that ball again. The defenders yeah. there, the keepers coming he out. Can get absolutely clattered, can't he? Exactly. Yeah. He's he's brave enough to to throw a limb in just to to get that knock. And it, yeah, he does. You're right. He does seem to thrive on it. He seems to enjoy the battle. And even though he's not, he doesn't tend to win those physical duels. He certainly doesn't shirk them. Which is let's not. Uh, forget you know he, he scored the winner at Wolves but it was his cross that Silla put in as well you know yep. he's carried the ball 30 yeah. yards we're saying that go on go on you know open your stride because he's got pace mm. to burn maybe he doesn't see enough of that that's a confidence thing mm. but you know he's put in a great ball and as we discussed earlier on Silla puts in a, a great finish and he doesn't seem to get to the byline and cross blind <coughs> he's, he's always looking out. he yep. specifically picks Head people up. out and I remember um, when we played Fulham at Craven Cottage and he, he set Connor Washington up and Connor said afterwards that Silla had, um, that Pavel had said to him before the game that he likes to look to see who's available so if I get into that position peel off so I can he see cuts you. back up and that's he, precisely he, what he did uh, he, he doesn't hit that corridor he, he tends mm. to cut it back behind defenders I've noticed quite a bit yeah. you know, and that, that's, a, that's a tough skill that's something he does quite well and that's it your question he's just got to keep working on a daily basis you know working on his English as much as anything because yeah. let's not you know he's, he's come to the uh, the club he's come to a new country hardly speaks a word of English how hard must that be mm. you know it's hard enough when you change club and, you, and you've got mates that you've played with he's come to a strange uh, club strange country change of manager in that change period manager well. in that period you know so uh, must be difficult but just signs that he's really, really settling in and we're, we're right behind him. And at the other end, there was 10 minutes ago, probably wasn't there, including injury time and that goal was scored. And there was a little bit of pressure again, but I thought for the by and large that we defended that final 10 minutes very well. Saw I thought Joel Lynch was outstanding yeah, saw and Grant out, Hall yeah. in front of him too. Sort out, one headers, cleared our lines, no frills. You know, you're not really relying on Alex in the last six or seven minutes, yeah. you know. Uh, Just on Grant Hall though, because I don't think Ian Holloway's got enough credit for this. He could see that Ryan Manning was tiring after two games in 48 hours and he had the skipper on the bench, Dean Edelman, who was there and ready to come on. And then Grant Hall moved into midfield, didn't he? And that that seemed to almost stem the tide, perhaps? Well, he's naturally a defensive... Well, he's a defender, you know, but... Um, so he came on for aerial, I think. He did. Yeah, yeah he, he came, came on for aerial. aerial so I think it surprised... Uh, there was a few eyebrows raised about how's this working. It's one all we... We want to try and win the game. We're yeah. taking them from midfield and putting on a centre back, yeah. and everyone's trying to work out who's going yeah. where. But yeah, it turned the tide in. And then when it went to one, Grant was—he won so many balls just in front of the heart. Of the Broke ball. things up, won headers, put his foot in, you know, and passed it really well when he got it as well. Which is, 
something Ollie's obviously identified him as a centre-half in training. He's probably thinking, you know what, you can play 10 yards further forward, protect the back four, but get us playing neat and tidy. Uh, he's done that a few games previously and done quite well. And that was a proper Loftus Road atmosphere when that brilliant. final whistle went. Yeah, I mean, there were 14,500, 15,000, I think, in here, and it was it, it felt like 30. There was a period with about 20 minutes to go when it was 1-1, <laughs> and I got the impression that the crowd sensed the team needed them again, and mm. that was... It only lasted for about 30 seconds, but it was really loud. It went, you know, come on, you are, yeah, yeah, right yeah. around the ground. These fans just want their team to do well. Uh, yeah, they've had their moans. They're quite entitled sometimes. I think the fans, it's not the game popularity contest, you know. I think they've been brilliant this year. They've stuck with their team through some poor performances, some poor results. They're travelling their numbers away. And as I say, uh, they're great fans. What a shot that was! And it is a goal! Referee gives it! was a serious hit from Jamie Mackey. We're joined now on the Loftcast by Jamie Mackey. Jamie, 24 hours or so after uh, that fantastic win yesterday against Ipswich Town. How are the legs two games in 48 hours after eight months out? Yeah, uh, I think, to be honest with you, I think they're probably about par for the course. I don't think, I mean, any kind of uh, injury concerns in terms of the actual um, injuries I had, no problem at all, feel great. Just uh, general stiffness that I'm sure everyone up and down the country who's played two games in three days is going to feel. So I feel I feel great um, recovering the gym and um, get ready for training on Thursday. We've got a couple of down days now and uh, everyone should get recovered by then. So yeah, I feel good. You gave me a heart in mouth moment. I was watching a stream in the Wolves game a couple of days ago and he went down in the box and I think Dave, who's pulling the strings for us on the Loftcast, also had the same feeling. You went down the box and we, we feared the worst for a minute. What was that injury? Was that just a, a knock you picked up during the game when you went down there? Yeah, to be honest with you, that was um, a genuine... Because you don't often stay down. No, nah, it was actually quite a bad... I actually thought it was quite a bad challenge. I, I don't think he meant it, but I beat the boy to the ball and had to clear it because it was in our box, obviously. So just tried to get it as far away as possible. And he came in a little bit late um, on me. Oh, probably it was nothing malicious, but he, he caught me. And it's just, um, I didn't have a lot of feeling from my knee down. So I was, I was kind of thinking the same same thing as you. And the lads were like, come on, Jay, get up now. And I was like, lads, actually, I'm, I'm in a bit of trouble here. But it was one of those that since will tell you that sometimes you get those those bangs on kind of like a bone on bone one. or it was, yeah, it was Initially, actually you feel the worst or you fear the worst, don't you, initially? But uh... yeah with a little bit of time and the magic sponge they've got the magic sponge these days yeah or, that's uh, it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of cold spray no I, 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 it was fine it just took me three or four minutes to get the feeling back and um, I was okay luckily um, so eight months out um, I know you, it's been a, a nightmare time for you with injuries ever since you returned to QBR really um, yeah. how are you feeling now in your body you feel 100% yeah I'd say um, it'll probably take me naturally a few games a few starts to get my um kind of sharpness um, around the box and just in general playback and my, my 100% fitness. Obviously, it takes any any player will tell you that it takes probably five, six, seven games to get. I mean, at the start of the season, most people say they feel fit 10 games in, I think, probably. Everyone's kind of got to their, their, their max. So it's going to take me a few games. But um, like you said before, I've had a nightmare probably since I've signed, to be honest. Um, with, with some really bad injuries but um, I really feel they're behind me and um, everyone at the club's been great behind the scenes our medical team's excellent so I owe a lot to them and um, I want to carry on building on a couple of performances there and um, get sharper and better and have a have a massive end uh, or second half to the season which is which is still a hell of a lot of games 
You've been back in the first team for the last four matches now, two of sub and then two starts. What difference has it made to the, the group of players to win those two games after the, the run of six straight defeats? Uh, I have to say, I think it will be confidence. I think that's probably the, the biggest difference that it will make to the group. Um, not only the group of players, the, the, whole, the whole club the whole the whole badge, you know, QPI, it will, it will breed confidence throughout the whole the whole setup, and that's what wins do. So I think it's obviously with a new manager coming in and um, having great ideas. Uh, we we need to get some wins for us to kind of start implementing them. And when you grow in confidence, it, it's easier for players to to start being a bit braver and doing things that we want to do, which will which will in the long run actually get us uh, more results and find us at the right end of the table. So those two wins were massive. The the place was really low before that naturally after after six losses any club's going to be fairly low so a couple of couple of massive wins for us has um, definitely helped and you know the feeling in the change room that's what I've missed more than anything I don't think since will tell me you know we talk a lot and um, when I finish playing football one day which I kind of always think I hope's never <laughs> but um, they um, I it, thought it, like that yeah and it and it kind of felt like that with the with the eight months or the last 18 mm. months and that feeling of winning with a team at home in front of the you know everyone knows how much I love it here that feeling I had after the game yesterday to come away at three points with with the eight months I've had was something that I God knows how I'll ever be able to get that feeling if I wasn't playing football. Yeah. So I kind of worry after football, but to get it, it was amazing again. I think a lot of fans look at the, the group of players at QPR now and they say, one thing you can't doubt is they will all run, they'll all try, they'll all work hard. I don't think that can ever be doubted of this group of players. But some fans will say, is that group a little bit quiet? Are there many leaders in that group? Obviously, you were at the club during a time of great success when there were plenty of leaders and strong characters in the dressing room. I'm not saying... How do you compare the two? But is is there a, a lack of strong characters, or do you feel the onus is on players like yourself to be one of those leaders? Yeah, I think um, when you, when you get to a certain stage, and when I first signed for QPR, I think I was twenty four. So naturally, obviously, you're a little bit younger, and you know, I had some amazing people around me: Sean Derry, uh, Clint Hill, Hyderhelt. <laughs> Paddy, the list goes on, mm. Paddy Kenny, um, Joey Barton when he came, you know, who, who really helped me. And I, I took so much from those, from those guys in terms of what they did for people at the training ground, the standards they set day in, day out, not only on a match day. And I've had to, I've had to learn and I feel now it's um, a big responsibility of mine. Um, for the feeling I have for this football club to help, help players come on and um, become a leader in my own right and help people um, you know win football games so I definitely think it's a responsibility that I've got now being a little bit older and um, uh, obviously being at the club and being associated with the club for a long time and I'm, I'm really happy to take on that responsibility I think in terms of characters I think definitely there isn't as many natural leaders or characters in this squad Is that, that the game been. in general now though? I would say so. I I'd definitely say so. I think that um, coming through now as a young lad, I don't feel they breed character mm. into players as much. I feel that it's all about um, can you do? Yeah, potentially. Can you do a step over? Can you look good? Can you can you do a Cruyff turn? Great. Yeah, which is amazing. Obviously, I think an ideal player would have um, unbelievable technical ability, but obviously you need you need game knowledge. You need game management and know-how nows you need all of those qualities as well and I feel that uh, with the game changing how it is and you have to evolve I, I just feel maybe they miss out on on breeding characters so 
Is that why during the game yesterday I saw two instances? There was one where you put your arm around Nasser El Kayati after he was getting a little bit of stick from some sections of support. I think he gave away a ball. Yeah. And there was a second time where Michael, um, sorry, Ryan Manning, I think um, there was a player down receiving treatment and you just took Ryan to one side. And I don't know what you said to him, maybe just a little G up or just tend to keep enjoying himself getting on the ball. Is that why you feel almost that responsibility? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, we all want to win so bad. And um, I think, like I said, I'm definitely taking on that responsibility now and something that um, I feel that it's my duty to do now as a more experienced player. And uh, I've been out a long time, desperate to win football matches and you need 11 people to win football matches. So it's a question of potentially when I was a bit younger, I think that I probably tarnished everyone with the same brush. And if if they gave the ball away and if I gave the ball away, I, I expected someone to... Um, shove a boot up my ass, give me give me a rollicking, you know, and and that's what I would do in return to everybody. But obviously, as I've been in the game a lot longer now, I've recognised that not every character can mm. can take that and then help the team. Some players might need an arm round them and um, a, a bit of a calming influence next to them because if they're on the pitch and the managers decided them to be on the pitch, we need to, as players, recognise to get the hundred percent best out of them, and it might be come on mate next one do it right or come on carry on expressing yourself or it might be a question of I, I actually personally respond to Oi, keep the ball a little bit stronger you know I'm, I'm more I'm more than happy with that but everyone's different and um, like you say we need we need characters out on the pitch at the moment and we the, the most pleasing thing for me is that I, I'm 100% certain that this team and this squad especially this manager has got quality and has definitely got the ability to play football and that that's probably you know, that's a really hard thing to have and we've definitely got that at this football club. Um, the one thing that probably would have been questioned in the last six or seven results before we got these wins was, do they have the stomach? Do they have the bottle? Do they have the fight, the character to to win games when you're right down the bottom and um, have the confidence to get on the ball? Well, I think we've shown that we definitely do have that and I think that would be the most pleasing thing for anyone to see because once we get a few more results and the confidence builds even more, with this manager being having great ideas like he does, we can play some unbelievable football once we get that foothold and a little bit more confidence running through the squad. I'm just listening to you with uh, a little bit of intrigue there because um, I don't think you should underestimate your role, not just as a player, but with the other bits and bobs that you're talking about there. You've been around the block, you know, that experience of some young lads coming through to the team. I had the privilege of playing someone uh, like Ray Wilkins and he, was, um, he wasn't a a shouting and baller but you know it was just a quiet word it was a it was a gentle kick up the backside from time to time but loads of well dones and quiet words in your ear and I think I don't think it's a coincidence that you've come back into the side and we've seen a little bit more togetherness if you like leadership I see you taking instructions from the side which is great and passing them on Ian's just mentioning a little little words with Nessa and uh, young Ryan don't underestimate that because maybe, well not maybe, I'll stick my head on it. I don't think we've had enough of that. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that that's something that the fans acknowledge as well. I mean, people often talk about the, there being a lack of leaders. But certainly with the manager, you've got a leader now who you celebrate goals quite crazily. Yeah. He celebrates them even more. What's it like working with him? Because you know you love this club as much as he does. He probably loves it more than you do, I'm sure I'd admit. And him, Mark Bertram, too... Two players, two two people that have worn the shirt in the heart of the QPR midfield, similar to the position you, you found yourself playing in at times. What does it mean to you to have two people like that who bleed blue and white, similar to you do, getting instructions from them on a daily basis? Yeah, I think that 
I've always said this football club's a, a unique football club, and I think obviously to have people around it who who know what it what it takes and um, what the identity for for quite a while, I feel that where the club's ever been unstuck is where it where it's kind of drifted away from its identity, and mm. I feel that having having people like that in charge will always ensure that we've got an identity at a football club, and I think when you've got an identity, I feel that playing against other sides makes it very very hard for people to come and play you here because they know what you're going to get and I think years gone by potentially we've lost that at times and and that's maybe where we've come unstuck so to have the these characters and these ideas about is is definitely a platform for us to become a successful football club but not only that sustain being a successful football club and obviously at the moment we're in a difficult patch and um, let's not let's not jump the gun and say, you know, two games means that we're the best yeah. team in the world because clearly the last two games we've more ground out results. But like I say, uh, it's one step at a time. The way the manager wants to play is, if we get it right, a brilliant, brilliant way of playing football. And believe me, is very, very entertaining to watch. But you have to be confident to be able to play like that. And results breeds confidence. So to grind out those couple of wins hopefully means it gives us a little platform but like I say, we've got some very, very tricky games coming up and we won't we won't take it for granted. But what we have done now is we've laid a marker down in the change room to say, as a minimum, the the work ethic, the togetherness, the um, leadership, shall we say, the tempo that we play at and the instructions and discipline from the sideline, all of those are the bare minimum that we do every single Saturday or Tuesday, whenever it is to play. From there, we'll build on playing really good football that the manager wants us to do. So if you remember that, I'm sure going forward now, we can win more football games. Just a word on the two goal scorers from the last two games. We haven't heard much of them, um, probably before they came. Very, very few people knew much about them, and obviously their lack of English means we haven't heard too much from them in the media but Pavel's certainly in the last two games shown what he's about and Idrissa by the looks of it if you give him a chance in that 6-18 to 18 yard box he'll take his chance yeah it's, um, I mean it, it's funny because you guys were on the training ground the whole time and um, you see you see the manager's character and um, you know the coaching staff and, and, and the players themselves it's been such a frustrating time for me watching in the last few weeks it's been so frustrating because mm. we, we, we haven't been winning football games and you, you dissect you dissect every game probably as a manager more as a player you dissect your own game and how can I get in better positions I think the message has been we've got forwards we haven't been scoring goals but could top top goal scorers score goals without service and I think the the answer is let's let's up the percentage of service and see if our strikers then can deliver for us and one of those things was um, as simple as um, throw-ins and set pieces yeah. in in the opposition half and having some real structure to a play and what happened yesterday we we structured a throw-in and we got in and and got your Silla, yeah exactly and and, and Silla showed that he is a striker he can finish can't he? oh yeah 100% I mean his goal I thought was brilliant the other day it was on the half volley running yeah. into the box before that was a, yeah that that for me is the, the mark that, finish, yeah. isn't it? And that's the mark for me of a of a number nine goal scorer running into the box on yeah. the move, half volley, not even thinking about it. He's left footed and he mm. scored he, he scored a goal like that. I think that that's good for the future. But now we need to provide and the manager said it, let's up the percentages of, of opportunities that we can give our forward players and, and we will score goals and finding the balance of playing good football and keeping the ball at the net. There's all different elements, but I feel that that's definitely one thing the manager's identified straight away while we're in a bad patch. Instead of just going under and going, let's carry on doing it, he's identified, right, 
it might be something as simple as a set piece scenario where we can get a goal and keep building it's all about building a bit of confidence and then we might see some free-flowing football and score a really good goal that would be the ideal and it will come but um as for pavel can't can't speak highly enough of him you know um him and ariel great lads um pavel doesn't speak a lot of english ariel ariel does he's done great and helps him along the way yeah but you can see you can see in uh pavel though although he doesn't he's really he's really trying to kind of buy into the to the banter and he's got uh, a bit of character yeah he has he? definitely and he's really trying even though he doesn't talk it's almost like he does you know and he's yeah. and he's trying to and um work so hard and um not only that i mean the, the goal yesterday was was quality and the time finish. yeah you kept so First calm was great, yeah it? brilliant and even the run peeling off and everything about the goal is a really really good goal actually and um what about the atmosphere when that went in because yeah, that atmosphere people will say has perhaps been lacking here this season and you can argue it's the chicken and egg scenario. Does it come from the terraces first or on the pitch yeah. first? But that was loud, wasn't it? When that when that winner went in yesterday. That that's what uh, my little boy come yesterday. Loves loves coming to watch. Um, as does my dad and and my brothers. And they came yesterday because they've kind of missed it. I think they're Saturdays. <laughs> they say to my mum and my um, my uh, sister in law, we're going to watch the football, and that's their kind of pass out. So <laughs> now <laughs> now they bring yeah yeah now they bring the kids, so they definitely get the pass. So they they they've come and. Um, and they said, "Cool, that was that's what we've missed." You know, the, yeah. the goal went in, and that that was why I, I I said before is that's the feeling that, and and I was in the change room after. That's the feeling that you can't. Mm. It's not a feeling. The fans felt it. They they've obviously felt, it and yeah, they've obviously missed it. But the there's, nah, there's nothing. there's nothing. Honestly, you're in that change room, that feeling of um, scoring a goal, and then okay they didn't have loads of chances at the end but we're still kind of like seeing the clock down so we needed a win and um we did it and the feeling gives the fans gives us it's it's unprecedented it's it's an amazing feeling that i can't i I don't know how i'll be able to get it and again but doing it at home for me obviously playing here is unbelievable and it's what i've wanted um it kind of made the last eight months you know you can kind of put it to the back mm, of your yeah. mind now and go wow well, yeah now I've got my life back and playing out here again <laughs> that, that's my life and that's what I want to carry on don't think you should ever underestimate when you know there's all things labelled at players they don't care this that and the other you know what when it's taken away from you don't underestimate what it does to you you've been through eight months and previous I, I, I didn't have as long as that but it is it's almost like someone takes your life away. Now, people who haven't played don't quite understand that, don't get that, do they? Yeah. And it's it's coming through, you know, and along may you stay fit. And Yeah, you know. thanks. And I can also say as well, while I was out, um, the lads were going through um, a, a bad run in terms of mm. results. But I, I, I'm at the training ground every day and it does it does hurt the boys, mm. you know. And it's not it's not just the lads like myself who've been out a long time. The, the squad can feel it. And yeah. No one wants to lose football match. It does care. It does. People people might not understand but like if I if I lost on a weekend here the Sunday's rubbish the Monday's rubbish the Tuesday's rubbish the Wednesday the only day might be better is the next Saturday if I win again like if that's how much it affects your life it's that's how much it really honestly does affect your life and I can see that running through our squad we have got honest players at our squad and they do feel that so that's probably why 
I don't like it when I see other teams necessarily winning a game and celebrating like they've won the FA Cup. I yeah. don't always like that, I kind of think. And that's coming from me because <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably do it and um, people say you're a hypocrite. I'm just saying that the reason that we've done it in the last couple of days isn't planned. It's the emotion coming out, mm. how badly we needed those wins and how much it meant to us because we want to build something again here because I've been part of special squads here and... Anyone at any club can say that it's amazing at their club, but I've, I've, I've felt what it's like here when you do well, and it's unbelievable. The lads got a little taste of that by scoring a winner yeah. late on yesterday, and if they can take that home with them and go every Saturday, that's the minimum. We can play, carry on playing, and we'll evolve even better as a football club and a team than what a feeling we all want on a Saturday evening. Just before we let you go, Jamie, I think about six years ago, we, you were an important part of the uh, QPR side, we faced Blackburn in the cup. Neil Warnock, their manager, was going to rest you. You pestered him to play. Begged you played, <laughs> broke your leg. You're now an important... Six years on, you're an important member of the team. We played Blackburn in the cup. People are saying he's played two games in three days after eight months out. Jamie Mackey needs to be rested. Your thoughts? I've... I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. I've rested for what, what 18, <laughs> 18 months. I don't, I don't fancy another Saturday. Shopping. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I literally, I don't. If that's the case, I'll pretend that I'm playing and I'll come to the game. I, I listen. I, I as always, I've especially this manager. I respect him immensely. I, I've said to him, and I'll say to him on Thursday when I see him, when he he might say he might not even say how you feeling, but if he does, I'll say. I'm, 100% ready to play <laughs> want to play and his selection will be based on his selection yeah. on the day would That's you understand if he left you out though with one eye on Reading which is a yeah. Thursday of course and not the following Saturday yeah that's why you know as if even if it was a league game on a weekend or a week he knows 100% clearly I want to play 90 minutes in every game from <laughs> yeah. now to the end of the season whether that's a FA Cup game League Cup game league game I've missed too much football I want to play football if he says to me no, if he had said to me no yesterday, he could have easily done yeah, that. Yeah. I would have respected him and been there cheering the lads on trying to win. So it's entirely down to him. But obviously, I'm never going to go to him and go because of what happened yeah. six years ago. That's football. I'm, I do everything in my life to make sure I don't get injured from something stupid like a muscle tear that you could have avoided. That's not what my injuries have been. They've been big injuries mm. that there wasn't a lot I can do about. And if that happens again... It happens again. Touch and does the magic of the cup? Is there still the magic of the cup for Jamie Mackey? Does yeah, the FA Cup mean something to yeah, you? Yeah, I have. I have to say, 100% does. It's because that I've I've had a good FA Cup run for you know I got to the semi final before, mm. um, and that was at Wembley. Um, we played against Arsenal, but because it was at Wembley, not everyone agrees with that, and I kind of see where they're coming from. Maybe it should be one special day at Wembley, but to us, it felt like the FA Cup mm, final because mm. it was packed Wembley against Arsenal, and um, it can do great things for your young players, um, for your older players. You don't know if you'll ever get an FA Cup run again or whatever, yeah. so it's, it's always good. And also, there's players in our squad, I don't know the manager's feelings on it because I haven't spoke to him or, or seen him since the game. It was too fresh. Well, but, he's told us he wants to pick a strong team. So. Yeah, so, I, I mean, for me... Let, let's be honest we've lost what six games in a row leading up to the next two that that becomes a habit one thing that 100% becomes a habit is winning mm. and one thing that we haven't been doing is winning very many games I say let's roll on we've had two wins let's get another win we recover again let's try and go we need to go on a run the football club needs to start winning games and making it a habit that whether you come into the side you know that 
you know what the standard is now and what's expected of you so if a young lad gets his opportunity then then great but I think we need to go on a run but everyone will respect the manager's decision and there's there's good there's good players and there's some young players who who, who might be knocking on the door saying give me a go as well Great to see Jamie Mackey back in action and great to see Paul Goddard and Paul Parker back the latest inductees into the Forever Ars Club on Monday. Yeah, two players that, you know, over the years uh, served the, the club with great distinction. You know, Paul Goddard, 20-odd goals in 70 games, you know, playing with Clive Allen. Paul Parker, when I come, was a England International Player of the Year two years in a row. That's, you know, people say, what's the criteria for the forever ours club it's not just always the best players you know it's people we think have served the club with distinction and honor over a period of time um we've got some great names coming back we have some people people say why is he not come back you know well we we're in touch with a lot of people some people don't want to come back some people can't come back yet some people have got family illnesses so there's work underway and uh I think so far we've got some really, really good people back at the football club. Plenty of work underway in the Forever Hours Club and I'm sure plenty of work feverishly going on upstairs in the offices and at Harlington with Les Ferdinand and Lee who's working on the January transfer window. Plenty of speculation as there always will be. Do you feel that Ian Holloway needs to tinker somewhat with his squad in this window? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, Just because we've won two games um, doesn't mean we're the finished article. Um, certain areas I think we need whether we can do it whether we got to shuffle a pack uh, to get out to get in I'm not privy to that information but I think possibly a couple of people in forward areas and maybe one whether it's a centre back or a, a, a solid holding midfield player that can really boss the game but listen that's it's easy for me to sit here and say what do you want it's, it's, it's harder to get them and the manager's made it quite clear that unless you're in this 100% He'd rather you weren't around. So there will be players that perhaps see their future elsewhere because they're perhaps not playing or they perhaps don't feel that they're suited to the way the manager wants to take this forward. Again, there's going to be some, some tinkering. Yeah, that's that's the nature of the beast, the nature of the game. You know, Ian will come in what he's had in seven weeks and I haven't seen him a great deal. I haven't been up the training ground, but I had 10 minutes with him about two weeks ago and he was a bit sort of down and he was assessing everyone. You know, it was after we had just lost against Villa. And he said he knew what he wanted and he knew who he could rely on. You know, he's worked it all out. Mm. But and he said that quite a few times. I know what I need. Yep. I know what I want. I know who's with me. Like you say, he, he's assessed his squad. But like he said um, post-match at Molyneux the other day, because of the transfer window, it's a, he's a little bit limited until the window opens. He said it's not like you run out of milk and bread. You can exactly. go down the shop and get more milk and bread. He's waiting for the shop to open so we can... Uh, Go and replenish his... Uh, and it is a strange window, you know, because you can get people in for the wrong reasons. And it's a, a crazy window. You January can pay window. over the top. You can, uh, so you just got to be a little bit careful. But an answer to your question, yeah, I think we need a couple through the door just to give us um, a lift on the back of the two wins that we've, that we've just had. And there's a couple that have already come back in the door, as it were. Um, Paul, Michael Doughty and Darnell Furlong, both done really well in their short spells at Swindon this year. And having them back will not only provide a boost to the players in and around the squad, but those young EDS players that have come through this year as well, to have mm. two more senior EDS players, as it were, that have come through the ranks, that'll give them a nice little fillet. Yeah, and it's just a further reminder as well about, we hear about this pathway to the first team, it's just for further evidence of that. When players, young players go out on loan, some people might think, well, why aren't they playing? They should be playing. Why are we getting them out on loan? Well, perhaps they're not quite ready to play, so... 
in that case, Michael Dan and Daniel Fellon have gone out. They've got plenty of games at a lower level under their belt. So they come back and surely they're going to be far better players and better prospects as a result of that experience they've had out on loan. Whereas had they stayed here, perhaps they might have had the odd appearance, perhaps off the bench. But they've gone out and I think between them, they've made it almost 40 appearances this season so they're going to be far better for that yeah, the comeback match fit as well yeah absolutely playing games. and what, what a lift it will give to the, the fans as well because the fans love to see players who've come through the ranks go on and, and Darnell Furlong and Michael Doughty they've, they've been around forever so to have them around it is great and what is interesting is you look back over the last two calendar years just obviously if you look back to um, Ryan Manning he joined us precisely two years ago as part of the EDS group and has gone on to, to make his debut there recently. Since he joined us, he is one of nine players to make his first team debut coming through the ranks at QPR. Obviously, there's a different degree of through the ranks in uh, Ryan's case compared with, for instance, Darnell Furlong or Ozzy Kakai. But you look, Joe Lumley, Ozzy Kakai, Darnell Furlong, Cole Kopechwa, Nico Hamelainen, Brandon Comley, Ryan Manning, Olamide Shadipa, Reese Gregor Cox have all come through to make their professional debuts for QPR in the last two years you look at the previous two years prior to that admittedly it's at a higher level in the Premier League mm -hmm. only two players came through to make their debut so there's a, an evident shift in terms of the philosophy and I mean it's going to take a bit of time going from signing off the shelf players who've cost a lot of money and played at the very highest level to giving youngsters like Ryan Manning their professional debuts but isn't it a lot more exciting and encouraging as well because like Paul says as QPR fans that's all they they want to see you know they want to see some big names here if they can and players that are going to take the shirt by the scruff of its neck and really go on and produce great things in QPR colours. But if you can see some of your own come through, Andy, that makes a world of difference. Yeah, of course it does. Fans love that, you know. And what I would say, you know, the likes of Darnell and Michael coming back, I wouldn't have thought they'll be brought back to sit in a stand. I no, think they won't I'll, be here to make up the numbers. Yeah, I think they'll get chances. Now, what I'll be saying to the players is, if you get a chance you got to take it. Just like what Ryan Manning's done. The couple of games, you know, he's gone in relatively unknown, but he's he's put a, a marker in the sand to say, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And he's he's got the shirt now. He's going to have to, well, other people now are going to have to do something to get it off. Him. And that's what you want. Those two are both cup-tied, aren't they, for the game against Blackburn um, on Saturday. But um, we spoke briefly about the cup game to Jamie Mack, and he said, I want to play. I want us to go for it. He reached the semi-finals with Reading. Andy, as a former player yourself, nothing beats winning, uh, and winning breeds confidence. So let's try and make it through on the spin this weekend, without a shadow of a doubt. And keep the, you know, we've just come through a little bit of a a poor period. Barren spell. Yeah, barren spell. Yeah, two wins and a difference three days can make. You know, let's make it three in a row. Then we go to Reading. Let's make it four in a row. Keep going, you know, but uh, just keep building, 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 and uh, see where it can take us. Do you, do you think he'll? Play a strong team against Blackburn. I think so, and I hope so. You know, if I, if I put my fan cap on, I want to. I want to. I want a cup run. Mm. I want to go to the likes of Tottenham or Man United, or get them here, or get Chelsea here, or someone like that. You know, and uh, mm. you know, there's many a many a championship side, a Division One side, gone all the way. And uh, now Wigan, one of the few years ago, or was it that the year they went down? Or, yeah. or lost, but there's many a team that have have had a great run. Why can't I be us? And as I say, if you're winning games, people say, "Oh, it might get in the way of the Saturday." I think it helps. <laughs> 